Hello and welcome to YHTV's Magical Medical Tour. This is episode 79. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Christina Suzuma, and with me is our wonderful medical guide, Dr. Glenn Woolman. Hello, Dr. Woolman. Hello, Christina. Excellent day today, huh? Oh, fantastic. I know you're going to be excited again. I'm bouncing today. already. Yeah. <laughs> you're into the bounce even before we start the show. There you Greetings, go. everybody. Welcome to Magical Medical Tour. I'm Dr. Glenn Wallman, and I will be your medical guide and co-host along with Christina today as we explore another quadrant of the healthcare galaxy, searching for optimal health. And we're going to go in an interesting direction today. We're going to be speaking with Carrie Sherman, who is a Tai Chi instructor, but has a special mission, um, and that's what we're going to learn about today. But before we do that, Christina, if anybody wants to get in touch with us, how should they do that? Well, thank you, Glenn. At any time during this live presentation, you can feel free to ask a question or make a comment simply by scrolling down on your screen and typing it into the comment box. And be sure to click submit so I can read it out to our guest or Dr. Woolman. Or if you prefer to dial into our conference line, the number is 323 476 3997. The ID for you is 607-393-POUND. And if that went by a little too fast, not to worry, it will show up on your screen during the presentation itself. Thank you, Dr. Woolman. Uh, you're quite welcome. And let's get started here. Carrie Sherman uh, teaches Tai Chi, mm -hmm. and she does it as an educational activity, uh, mainly for kids, but also for parents and teachers. And her mission, or at least one of her missions, aside from trying to bring more Tai Chi awareness to all people, is to actually make it part of the educational system for kids. And we're going to learn what inspired her to do this and where she's going with this around the world. So I would like to, at this time, introduce everyone to our special guest, Carrie Sherman. Greetings, Carrie. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here with you. <laughs> Hello, Carrie. Thank you Hi. so much for gracing us this morning. Well, it's my pleasure. I always love to talk about Tai Chi and children. What a good combination. And those are two of Christina's favorites also. So, <laughs> right. so I may be disappearing through this show at times, and I'll try and make my way back in. Uh, as the medical guide, Carrie, I usually try to tell our audience where we may be going uh, with the show today. So at first, we're going to try and find out a little bit about you and then your interest in Tai Chi and where those came about and then what your direction is. And then we want to spend a lot of time actually on some Tai Chi and how it works with kids and uh, what effects come from that and why we should all be doing this. How's that sound to you? That sounds great. I have such passion for what I do that I look forward to sharing it with people. Well, let's not waste a moment then. So when, let's see how this all started. Uh, tell us, just give us a, a little bit of an introduction as to what you're about, how you got interested in being a teacher, and how Tai Chi 
became that influence that made you want to go forward and and bring this to uh, the world and the children of the world? Well, you know, it's interesting that when I was seven years old, I knew I wanted to be a teacher. So this wasn't something new for me, but I never really defined what I would teach. And it didn't seem to matter as long as I could teach children. And we lived overseas for 17 years when I was married. And every place we lived, I was able to teach and learn from the different school systems that I was a part of. Mm. And then in 1991, I went to China. And China was just opening up to the West. And I went to the town of Shenzhen, China, right on the border close to Hong Kong. And it was a small town in those days, two or three million people. Now it's probably got, I don't know, eight times that many. But I was greeted as probably the only Westerner there at the time as master teacher comes from America. And it was really quite (laughs) exciting. And they were going to learn from me. But I went to their school to a high school and observed 350 high school students in the courtyard as the school day started doing a half an hour of morning exercises, which looked like Tai Chi. I, I wasn't positive, but that's what it looked like. And the children would do it in absolute silence with just an audio instruction over a PA system. And then they walk to their classes, sit on the edge of their seat, focused with total attention to learn. And then when that subject finished, the math, maybe, and they were going to history, they would get up and they would do a little bit more movement, something that also looked like Tai Chi to me, and they'd go to their next class. And everybody was focused for the entire day. So I said, I'm going to learn Tai Chi. And I went home, got myself a teacher. And of course, because I love teaching, I immediately started teaching as soon as I learned it. (laughs) And I had a psychologist in my class who asked me if she could refer autistic students to me. And I said, sure. I had never worked with autistic students before, but if she thought this was going to work, I was willing to try. And it was absolutely amazing. Their response was fantastic. They were so proud of that feeling of inner peace, of how they could balance on one foot. It was really great. So then I thought, let me do this with the rest of my students. And then I thought, this is so great. It's great for the stressed out students who are trying to get straight A's. It's great for the kids who have no self-confidence and don't know how to believe in themselves so that they can do it. And for everybody in between. And so I thought, I need to get this to every child in America. And that's how I started. Hmm. And then I was very lucky that knowing, being in education and meeting a lot of people, I've been able to work in schools all over the country and through the internet all over the world. Hmm. Well, you've answered almost all of my questions already. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we we always see that adult, it it seems to always take a certain sense of being able to coordinate and being able to uh, respond to something and to understand breathing, how how do you see that children actually respond to Tai Chi? Is it difficult for them, do you think? You know, I would say that children respond much faster than adults, because adults come to anything with a lot of thoughts. Oh, is this going to work? Is this based on medicine? Is this, is this, what about, what if? Do I have time? I've got a lot to do. Children, on the other hand, they're sitting in their classrooms, most of the kids I work with, or if they're working with me, we have a set schedule, I'm giving them a break. So first of all, it takes them about 10 seconds to decide this is fabulous because they get to stand up and move. 
And that's what we all need to do is move. And then I say to them, let's be an elephant or let's be a tiger. It takes them about 30 seconds to not imitate the tiger, but to become the tiger. Mm-hmm. So they're much more open to it than adults are. Adults, for example, the the CD that I have that we're going to listen to it later, each track for a Tai Chi move is about two and a half minutes long. The first track might take the kids one minute to get into, the second one a half a minute, the third one two seconds. For adults, I would have to have each of those tracks be about twice as long because adults take a longer time to analyze and relax and really get into it. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's just who we are. <laughs> right. And you do this, you do this around the world. So you've, you've been teaching kids everywhere. I, I, I'd like to uh, see an example of uh, some of the work that you do. Do you have something for us? Well, I do. This summer, I had the wonderful experience of working with children in Cape Town, South Africa. And South Africa is one of the countries that I lived in during those 17 years overseas. So it really meant a lot to me that I was contacted by a policeman from the Cape Town Police Department, who is also a martial artist. And he wanted to take Tai Chi to everybody in the police department who works with juveniles to help control violence and aggression. And so we corresponded back and forth and I happened to be going there on vacation. And I did a workshop for 300 policemen in Cape Town. And then Mm -hmm. I also went to one of the schools where this particular um, policeman had been working. And I'd love you to see... um, a little bit of this video to see the response of the children in Cape Town. I've done it in in Europe. I've done it in Myanmar. But here are the kids in this school just outside the city of Cape Town. So the man over um, in the sort of chartreuse shirt is is the policeman. And he had taught a little bit of Tai Chi to these kids. This is an elementary school of 1,200 children. And he had picked out a nucleus of about 50 to work with him. And they loved it from the first. And Tai Chi is special for kids everywhere because it stimulates their imagination, because it stimulates visualization, because it allows them to move and take a break from those hours of sitting and studying. So you can see here that there are approximately 1,200 students around the courtyard watching us. This is recess and the 50 of us in the middle doing Tai Chi. The noise was unbelievable because 1,200 students talking all at once. You can imagine what that sounds like. Mm -hmm. So we didn't have music or voice or anything. They were just following me, and they absolutely loved it. I hope you can see, if you're watching on their faces, some of the expressions of relaxation, of um, balance, of visualization, and of pride. And if I had to pick one thing that I think Tai Chi really does for kids, it's to give them a sense that I can do it. I am capable. I am proud of me. And that's probably the most important thing in life. Because if you believe you can do it, as we all know, you can. So weren't they cute? Mm. Oh, there they are again. And and balance is so important in Tai Chi. You saw maybe briefly there one boy who was having trouble balancing. Physical and emotional balance go together. So the more we balance on one foot in Tai Chi, 
the more we have to focus on a root growing from the bottom of our foot into the earth. And that root is like the root of a tree, and it makes us strong and tall. And then when we lift the other foot, we're still strong because we have this very strong root. And that ability to balance physically carries over to our emotional balance so that when we're confronted with antagonistic things or problems or or fears, that we can handle them better. Do you think we, this is all great already, do you, do you think uh, there's a, an age limit where you shouldn't start? I mean, we, we're looking now at preschools for people to get into the best medical school. Uh, mm. So should we be starting in preschool? <laughs> where Where would you say we should start? And how, obviously, we can go up to adulthood, but in, as you're trying to bring this into the education systems, do you have a lower level where you don't want to go below that? Well, I usually say start with four-year-olds, but, you know, depending on the teachers, three-year-olds can be just fine also. But I'll tell you a funny story. I was giving a talk at an, a school of education for preschool teachers. And so I said to them, you know, you're going to be working with three and four-year-olds and the CD is divided into 12, two and a half to three minute tracks. So for the little kids, maybe you should just do five minutes or seven and a half or, or 10, but the whole thing will be too much. And we went through it and everybody agreed and all that. A year later, they invited me back to teach, to teach this group again. And as I'm getting up on stage to start, one teacher comes up and says, I just have to tell you something. You were completely wrong. I worked at a summer camp for third, three and four-year-olds this summer. And we put on the CD at eight o'clock when camp was supposed to start. And we did the entire half hour. <laughs> it set the tone for the day. And do you know that the kids stopped coming in late because everybody wanted to be there for Tai Chi. They'd get there at 7.55, put their food in their, in their locker, their cubby hole, and come and do Tai Chi. It was the best part of the day. So now I don't make absolute statements because it depends on the students, the teachers, the circumstances, and everything else. <laughs> That's a great story uh, to inspire yeah. kids like that to come in early for school. That's, well, uh, and, and, and I'll tell you another thing. With that, at that school, and they said, well, now we want you to work with our on-campus preschool. And I said, great. And they said, so we'll give you two hours. And I thought, two hours? With preschool kids? My goodness, you know, I guess the teachers needed time off or something. I don't know. So we went into the gym and we did some Tai Chi and then we talked a little bit and I told some stories and we drew pictures of the animals doing Tai Chi. And then we had a half hour to go. And I said, but we were going to take an energy ball and we were going to balance it on top of our heads and we were going to walk back across the football field to the nursery school room. So everybody put their energy ball on top of their heads, walked across the field, and we came to a bush, and there was a butterfly there. And very quietly, balancing their energy balls, these are imaginary balls, of course, everybody looked at the butterfly for at least five minutes. A second butterfly came, and a third. And then the butterflies flew away, and we went back to the room, and the teacher said, I have never seen my students so quiet, paying so much attention for such a long time. <laughs> so, you know, I, I filled in the time and it worked and it was, 
it was really fantastic. And of course, the kids love it. That always brings up the idea, are you dreaming of the butterfly or are you the butterfly dreaming of you? And were right. the children all part of that? It seems, it seems that visualization is a very important part of this process for you and for all people that do uh, Tai Chi or meditation. Uh, how do children deal with the visualization? Could you give us an example of a Tai Chi move that incorporates this visualization? And I should say to all people that are listening on iTunes or on podcasts or will be in the future that I really recommend coming back and watching this specific episode. There's a lot of visualization and movement that will be very helpful and, of course, uh, educational. Yeah, well, visualization, you, you certainly know from medicine the role of visualization in healing, that they use visualization for people with cancer who are going through chemotherapy, for example. And if you visualize the medicine going into your body and killing the cancer cells, it's actually more effective because it makes you very, very positive. So visualization is having a vision of something that you can see that's not actually there, but it's in your mind. And the kids might say, well, it is actually there because they actually tell me that they were the elephant. Mm -hmm. But it starts with using your imagination and letting your imagination go. And so I'd love to demonstrate a little bit of one called shooting the bow and arrow. And this uses visualization of a target, which is going to be our finger. Our, we're going to have our index finger pointed straight up with a bend in our wrist. And that's our target. And we're going to focus all of our attention on that target as we pull the bowstring back. So let me move back a little bit from the screen and stand up. And if you're at home, I hope you'll do this with me. Will be your target. As you inhale, reach forward with rounded arms to gather the energy into a big ball. Pull it towards your chest. As you exhale, bend both knees, extend your right arm out to the side, pull the bowstring back with your left arm, focus all of your attention on the index finger of your right hand pointing up. Hold the position. Release the bowstring and relax. Stand straight, gather the energy again as you inhale. Pull it into your chest. Extend your left arm straight out to the side. Pull the bowstring back with your right arm. Feel your chest open. Bend both knees. Be sure your spine is straight. Hold the position. Focus on your index finger pointing up. Release the bowstring as you shoot the arrow. Relax and stand straight. One. Great. So, so that activity is about working on focus. And so as you stare at your index finger, you are really focusing on it. And that carries over to school for tests. It carries over to basketball, shooting a basket. It carries over to everything we do. And I do want to explain one thing to the audience. When I say extend your right arm out to the side, I've learned as the teacher to always do my left so that the students can mirror me and listen to me. So if you were confused by my right and left, I do that on purpose to make it easier. Otherwise, I find everybody gets confused because mirroring the opposite isn't so easy. But I have had students who will practice the bow and arrow with their teachers, and their test grades actually go, go up. So 
it's just working on focus. Anything we do over and over again, we get better at. <laughs> really interesting. I really liked uh, watching that that video, even for a moment. I could imagine <laughs> and I can visualize how uh, the expanded version of that would be even more important for children. Uh, well, program- it's, it's interesting. It, let me just go back to the bow and arrow for a second. Sure. It's interesting because as you open your legs and you gather the energy, you're very, very straight. Then you squat down. And so there's a physical component of aligning your ankles, your knees, and your hips, opening your feet at 45 degrees, keeping your spine very straight, and your chest is open. So this takes a certain amount of muscle. Then when we pull the bowstring back, you're opening your chest, so you take in more oxygen. Then as you extend your hand out, I'm extending forward because you can't see now, you're staring at that finger, you're working on focus, and you hold it for a few seconds before we stop and go the other way. So all of the movements of Tai Chi are based on traditional Chinese medicine, which is a medical system that's been very successful for thousands of years, and it's based on the flow of energy within the body to all the different organ systems. So in this particular movement, shooting the bow and arrow, at the end, when we have our finger out, we, we bend and straighten the finger just a little bit, up and down a few times. And that's interesting because there's an energy meridian from the finger that goes down your arm to your body, and that energy, that, that meridian sends energy to your digestive system. So when I'm working with middle school or high school kids, I'll often tell them that and say, you know, after we focus on the bow and arrow and we bent our finger up and down, you have more energy in your digestive system. This is great to do before lunch or after lunch. And the kids will come up to me after class and say, I'm going to do it every single day because I often get stomach aches. So it's great for them to know that there are tools that we can have to improve how we feel, to help us digest our food, to relax, to focus, to, to be healthy. That's a great point. I have a question about energy. When, when we talk about energy as adults, even a lot of adults have difficulty understanding the concept of ha or chi or prana. How does a child understand the energy or do you even worry about that or get concerned? But as a teacher, do you try to educate them in the concept of movement of energy? I do. Actually, it's a great question because Often I'll say to people, we're going to do Tai Chi. Tai Chi is exercise for your energy. What is energy? And usually a student will say, well, energy is when you run fast. And so we start that way. And I'll say, well, that's, that's an, a, a way you can see the energy that you have when you run fast. And then we talk about solar energy. How can you see solar energy? Well, you can see the sun. Do you see the energy? Well, not really, but you see the result of it. And how do you see, what is electrical energy? Well, it runs through the wire. It makes the, the DVD work or whatever, the computer work. Do you actually see the energy? No, you see the result of it. So you might feel, we talk about wind energy. You can feel the wind, even though you can't actually see the wind energy. And so we talk about that in terms of the body. You can actually, when we make an energy ball, you can actually feel the energy in your hands. And the kids, 90% of them do the very first time. 
But can they see it if they open their eyes? Probably not. But when they close their eyes, then they can because they begin to visualize. So we do talk a lot about that. And I ask them to pay attention to where in their body they feel the energy when we're doing Tai Chi. And um, when I talk to adults, I talk about how we can do an MRI and we can actually measure energy in the body without actually seeing it. So it is a kind of an interesting concept for us. Maybe you have some thoughts about more things I could say. <laughs> uh, I probably do, although I want to uh, keep moving on because there's so much to talk about. Maybe in another episode, we'll have you come back and we'll have more talks about that. Christina, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, yeah, you know, a question that I do have is, uh, Carrie, when you chose to teach children, um, you had mentioned, at least in the pre-show, that you you came back to this U.S. and you found a teacher uh, for yourself to learn the Tai Chi. At, at what point um, did you begin to like bring these... I almost want to say asanas, but that's, of course, yoga. <laughs> These right. movements together yeah. and compile them. And when you did, were you working with uh, your teacher to do so? I was not working with my teacher. It was very interesting. When I came back from China, it was in 1991, and I got a teacher, and I studied with him. And then we had a huge hurricane uh -oh. called Hurricane Andrew about three months after I started learning this, or maybe five months, and every single park was closed because mm. every tree had fallen over. And so my teacher moved because he couldn't teach. So I was left with a video I had and plus all of the experience with him. And then when I started teaching adults, it was this psychologist who asked me if she could refer autistic children to me. And, and I said, I've never worked with autistic children. She said, just do it and you'll figure it out. And that was how I started. I worked with these two children one-on-one -on -one for about a year. And it was the most amazing thing I ever, ever did to see how they changed, how they became more peaceful. You know, after about three or four classes, one was a girl and one was a boy. They were each 12 years old. The girl's mother came to pick her up and she stood on one foot, picked up her other foot, and reached forward and tied her shoe. And she said, I can tie my shoe because I do Tai Chi, tai chi just like that. <laughs> she was so proud because she had learned how to focus on a root growing mm -hmm. from her foot into the earth so she could balance. And I realized then that this was working in these children in ways that I hadn't even anticipated. Mm -hmm. And I think what happens is that there's a lot of confusion inside of us. And even more so if we're if we have special challenges. And somehow, when the energy begins to move inside and to flow in this circular pattern, it gives peace to us inside. Mm. And uh, one boy I was working with who was ADHD, who was really just all over the place, I put my arms around him from the back like this to make the energy ball because he had trouble standing still. And I talked him through the energy ball and the light and the the tingling and everything and the next time he came back he said i want to do that one with a flashlight in my tummy i want to do the one with a flashlight in my tummy and it was so cute because i knew he had felt it 
Did I do something? Are you still there? Yes, we are still here. (laughs) (laughs) So I think the kids respond in very different ways from adults because they have no inhibitions about anything. So then once it worked with the two autistic kids and with the ADHD boy, I was I was working with a lot of kids one-on-one with academic difficulties. So I started doing it along with math tutoring and social studies tutoring and English tutoring. And every child I worked with improved. If we spent half mm. the class on Tai Chi and half of it on the academics, they became more organized mm. and more focused, more open, better able to understand. So then I thought, wow, if this is working on all these kids, it's going to work on the entire nation, the entire world. <laughs> <laughs> so so you, you actually began integrating it into your own teaching, yes. like your class teaching. Yes. Actually, because I had gone to China, I had taken a sabbatical. And so when I came back, I just was working one-on-one with kids, which was really perfect for me to experiment with this. And so a lot of parents who knew me would bring their children to me for tutoring, we would call it. You know, this one needed help in math and this one needed help in something else. And with each one of them, I did it. And then I did the Tai Chi. And then I worked out what was most effective with the kids and what they liked the best. And I picked those 12 to put together into the the CD sets that I made. And it was incredible. I had a high school girl at a top private school who got so nervous for her final exams that she would fail, even though she knew everything and we knew she did. So I said, look, I'm not even going to go over the academic material with you. I'm going to teach you Tai Chi. And I taught her how to make the energy ball. And I taught her how to do the bow and arrow and all this stuff. And um, she loved it so much that when she came the next week, she said, I've started a Tai Chi club at school so everybody can learn this. I'm teaching everybody how to do it. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that, does it? No, that's true. Uh, You know, you... You have a different form of Tai Chi than a lot of the other traditional Tai Chi uh, programs. We had uh, Master Chow Peng with us on episode 50, and I recommend people watch that episode uh, after watching this to see some more. How, how is this different than the traditional uh, Tai Chi, or is it not that much different? You know, that's a really good question because in this country, Tai Chi tends to be difficult for Americans to do. We were not raised with our mother asking us how our chi is. (laughs) We're not familiar with what that feeling would even be. And so when you start to learn Tai Chi, it can be very difficult. And I knew that I didn't want this to be difficult because I wouldn't be able to get teachers to do it at all. So Tai Chi comes from something called Qigong which has been around for thousands of years and which was originally saved just for the highest level of people. And it was supposed to give immortality and complete health. And then Tai Chi was born from that as a martial art. And so I thought, let me take the parts of Qigong and Tai Chi that are easy to visualize, easy to follow, very relaxing, and based on the health um, benefits that we're really looking for. So I did simplify this. And if you are used to doing 
Wu style Tai Chi, you're going to say this isn't really Wu style Tai Chi. No, it's not. Because I wanted each movement to be two and a half minutes long. And I wanted it to be so full of visualization and breathing and relaxation that it would achieve what I was looking for, which was improvement in cooperation, focus, concentration, test scores, getting along, compassion, and all of those qualities that make for a really good learning environment in a school. So no, it's not a specific form of Tai Chi. It has a lot of Qigong, a lot of flowing energy, a lot of breathing, and that's why I call it Tai Chi Moves. And many people are doing this with their Tai Chi programs. They adapt them a little bit. So, um, you know, if you're going out to look for a Tai Chi teacher or a Tai Chi class, it's really important that you go to the class and see how it feels to you and how you relate. And I was responding to what my students felt and what they liked and what gave them the ability to feel good, feel proud of themselves, and perform well in school. Carrie, you talk about moves, Tai Chi moves, and there are many different movements that uh, you do and that you teach. You travel all around the world. I'm curious, what what is the most favorite move that kids choose, or is there one that around the world, or is it different in different countries? What's What's the favorite one that everybody chooses for you to teach? and that they remember most. You know, it's so interesting to me because when I was putting this together, I thought, well, I need to do the tiger strikes because that's got lots of movement and the kids will think it's fun. And and I need to do the bow and arrow because that's a real macho kind of thing to do. But the favorite one is the energy ball. And it's the one that has the least movement and the most visualization and the most meditation. And I almost hesitated to include it, but I obviously I did include it. And when the kids do it, there is total peace in the room. They all feel the vibration of energy in their hands and they want to do it again. Mm. And I did this in South Africa. I was in Myanmar last year. I did it with the kids there. They love it. And I, you know, Myanmar and the United States are very, very different because they're they're not connected all the time like we are, nor in South Africa. They don't have iPhones and all this connectivity. But they still love it there because wherever you live, you have a lot of things to deal with, whether it's insufficient food or violence in your neighborhood or totally being connected, never being able to just have peace and quiet. And so the energy ball, I think, for most students is a moment to go inside yourself feel your own feelings because a lot of us don't even know what our feelings are anymore we're so busy reacting to all this stuff around us and so i always end my sessions in schools with the energy ball and i tell teachers for example if they want to do five minutes before a test do the bow and arrow to get kids to get the blood flowing, the oxygen going to the brain, focus on the target so that you're ready for the test, and then do the energy ball so you relax your shoulders and then you can sit down quietly and begin a test. And teachers tell me it's unbelievable how much better the kids do when they approach a test after five minutes of Tai Chi. Mm. And it's, you know, I was in a school in, in Brooklyn, New York, 
that was very, very overcrowded, as many schools are, because they have huge groups of immigrants moving into these neighborhoods. And so I had, oh, I don't know, I had 100 kids in a a room the size of maybe two classrooms. And this was a Friday afternoon. And I had done six classes, one after the other like this, or seven classes. And now it's 2.45, and the bell's going to ring at 3. And we're doing the energy ball. And there's absolute silence. Now, you would think 2.45 on a Friday, 15 minutes before school is over, kids are antsy to leave. There's absolute silence. Everybody's focused on the ball of energy. And I, it's so quiet that I can whisper to them and say, now put your energy ball in your abdomen, and you're going to go back to your class and get ready to go home. And the kids opened their eyes and looked at me and said, we don't want to go home. Can't <laughs> well, we do it again? Well, and I said, nice. we, we really can't. And then they said, well, do you promise you'll come on Monday? And I realized how starved the kids are for moments of peace and tranquility. Glenn, should we play a little bit of the energy ball so that the public can hear it and see it? I'll step back and do it. And if you, if you are driving or something, just listen. And you don't really have to see me do this. You'll just begin to feel the energy. But don't close your eyes, okay? If you're driving. (laughs) Yes, the question is, do we want peace and tranquility in the world? Otherwise, we don't need to show this video. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Energy is all around us in nature and in our bodies. Reach up over your head to take a ball of energy. Bring it down and hold it in front of your chest with your palms facing each other. Close your eyes. Roll the ball. One hand is on top, and then the other. Keep your eyes closed and notice the color of the ball. Feel the tingle in your palms. Now place the ball of energy on top of your head. Stand very tall and straight so it doesn't roll off. Let go. Stay very still. Open your eyes to look at a spot on the earth. Now carefully balancing the ball on your head, lift one foot a few inches off the ground. Lift it a little bit higher and slowly return it to the earth. Now lift the other foot. Focus on the root. Lift it a little bit higher until your knee is as high as your waist. Keep your eyes open, looking at the earth. Concentrate on your roots so you will be steady. Move slowly. Return your foot to the earth. Bring the ball down from the top of your head and hold it in front of your chest. Close your eyes to stare at the ball again. Let it grow a little bit bigger as you inhale. Separate your arms. Let it grow a bit smaller as you exhale. Bring your hands together. Let it grow bigger again. And then smaller. Now place the energy inside your abdomen. Close your eyes and rest your hands on your abdomen. Oh, I could see where... uh... Kids would want to keep doing that, can't you? 
Yeah, and and they love it everywhere. You know, I I couldn't have predicted how kids were going to love that movement. And I had some a middle school boy, must have been about 13, he said to me afterwards, "How did you do that? How did you make my hands tingle?" And I said, <laughs> "I didn't do it. You did it." With your imagination, with your breath, and with your visualization and relaxation. And those four words are really important. Imagination, visualization, relaxation, and breathing. And if you think about how little time we spend on that in life and how important it is, it's, it's just quite amazing. And the kids in Myanmar liked it. The kids in Germany liked it. The kids in Brazil liked it. The kids in New York like it. The kids in California like it. It's universal, and that's what energy is. Okay, so I want to get into the educational part of this for a few minutes, and I have a number of questions uh, I want to ask you. One, what's the biggest difficulty in getting in into schools? <clears throat> Two, what do people need to do to get you or this into their schools? And uh, I'll hold off on the next two until you answer those. Okay, the biggest difficulty, there, there are two difficulties. One is you have to have a little bit of money. I mean, I, I say that I can go to a school for $1,000 and get it into the entire school. is really pretty inexpensive. And the reason New York City Public Schools has embraced it is that they, they say they've never had a program that was so inexpensive that affected the entire student body. Um, but apart from money, it's the idea that we have to kick the kids to learn the multiplication tables. They have to be able to read at level. They have to know this in science. And we seem to have forgotten that without the movement side and the breathing side, that we can't learn all of that. So what we do is we cut PE, we cut art, we cut music. And the kids are incapable of performing as they should under the circumstances that we are are creating in our schools. And so Tai Chi is something that the teacher can do in the classroom for five minutes in between other activities or before a test so that everybody has a chance to breathe. Just imagine if you lift up your arms and take a big breath in and open your lungs, your headache can go away. Everything changes. Everybody feels different. And um, I... I have set up uh, on my website, taichiforkids.com, I have workshops that I do, but they're mostly in specific schools. And so schools will call me and I will often do a Skype presentation just as we're doing today. I'm doing one next week with a school in Massachusetts for their faculty meeting, which is called a professional development. And I'm going to teach them exactly what to do in their classes and let them experience it. So it's, Skype has made the world very, very small. I did a Skype presentation to a woman in Kuwait. And in November, I have one Aruba who wants to take it into the schools there. So the world has become very, very small. We can go everywhere with it. And that, and that's really makes me so happy. <laughs> I could see that. Uh, how do we get the parents involved? Um. You know, in the New York City schools, they will do sessions with parents. The day that I come, they'll have me do a parent session. Now, of course, a lot of parents are working and they and they can't come. But I encourage the students, the interns, encourage the schools to let the parents know what we're doing. 
and to get them to do it with the kids at home. For example, every morning they could do two and a half minutes together before school. And every evening they could do two and a half minutes before bedtime and everybody would sleep better. And we're, we have a sleep deprived society also, unfortunately. So, you know, the neat thing about Tai Chi is it's, it's dealing with your total health. It's not about just a short, a sore shoulder. It's about getting your energy to flow everywhere, getting internal balance so that you can sleep better, so that you can focus better, so that you have more energy for all of your activities. So I have to say, I've, I haven't found it as easy with parents as I have with teachers because teachers are hired to work with the kids. And when they see that they can get better cooperation, teachers are going to do it. Parents really need it for themselves. And so I say to them, look, I have a DVD. Why don't you just put it on for you and the kids and do it together for five minutes? You know, I like to start with five minutes because if I ask for a half hour, nobody's got a spare half hour anymore. But everybody has five minutes. So I just had an email the other day. You know, people are looking for Tai Chi classes for their kids all over the world. And, and so that's why I made a DVD that you can just put on and do it. And I will be your teacher there and their kids in the DVD also. And, um, and, and so that can really make a difference. I'm going to assume that they can get this DVD on your, from your website, TaiChiForKids.com? Yes, exactly. I have, uh, you know, when in medicine, especially in Western medicine and in emergency medicine and in teaching, testing is a very important part of, of the process, at least in the Western world, especially in medicine where we look at a lot of studies. Mm-hmm. Have there been any studies of uh, kids that might be in a school where the Tai Chi is done and watch their grades go improve or they get better in different areas versus a school where there may not be? Or is this something you're considering working on in the future? Well, there have been a couple studies done. um, And I would like to do more. And the studies are on my website. I had a a teacher in New York City who did her PhD thesis on my program. And she had one of the PE classes doing volleyball and the other one was doing Tai Chi. And she tested their reading ability over a period of time. So it wasn't actually school tests, but she was testing reading ability. And and that showed improvement with the Tai Chi. And another teacher in New York who was a special ed teacher and had a really difficult problem student did her master's thesis on using Tai Chi with him. And she got him to the point in three months where instead of having an outburst that disrupted the whole class, he would say, Miss Robbins, I need to do Tai Chi. And the class would stop and do five minutes of Tai Chi, and then they would go on with the day. Mm. And so those those two were done specifically on my program. Lots of studies have been done on, on Tai Chi in general for adults, for health, for flexibility, for balance. Um, some have been done on self-esteem in juveniles and on, on kids in prisons and getting them back. And there's a wonderful study on my website from the University of Miami um, about working with kids with ADHD and the remarkable improvement in behavior. It's, it's really hard to study kids because we have to have permission from their parents and then we don't have a control group because maybe the kids didn't get breakfast or, you know, there are just a million things. 
But there are a number of studies out there. And if you um, look at my website, you'll see a lot of them listed. We've seen uh, a number of studies for adults improving uh, hypertension, lowering blood pressure, pulse, and a number of other things for uh, arthritic movements, pain. Uh, A lot of studies are coming out in the medical world, too, on this. Uh, Christina, do you have any questions? Mm. Uh, I have so many. I think we just have to have Carrie on my show next. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to. (laughs) Somehow I thought that. Yes, yes, yes. She she falls right right in alignment with Trinity of Life, of course. (laughs) Yeah, I knew that. Yes. So, you know, I haven't found a negative to Tai Chi. It's it's so easy to do. It takes no equipment. It doesn't cost much. You can do it anywhere. And it fits in with everybody's lifestyle. You can even do it sitting in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. I do that with special ed kids. You can even do it lying in bed because the visualization is so important. So I feel like it's something that I'd like to spread further and further and further around the world. <laughs> And and hopefully we're doing that today. We are speaking yeah. with our special guest, uh, Carrie Sherman, who is a Tai Chi instructor and an educator and is trying to bring uh, Tai Chi to children in the classroom. Carrie, with all of our guests at the end of the show, we ask for a special health tip. And I wonder if you have something for us. I do. I have a great health tip that can absolutely change your lives. So Tai Chi is based on energy meridians in the arms and the legs and through your torso and in your head. And the energy has to move. But while we're sleeping, everything kind of slows down. So when you wake up in the morning, if the first thing you would do, or the second, if you go to the bathroom first, is to tap on your body, you will wake up your energy. So I always start the day with this with my students. We tap down the underside of the arm and up the back of the arm. And then we do the other arm, the other side. And we tap down our legs and we tap on our kidneys. And we can tap on our shoulders and on our heads like woodpeckers. And I have the students do that for about two and a half minutes. And what happens is that their skin begins to tingle. The blood begins to flow. The energy in the meridians goes to all the organs because you have 12 different energy meridian systems in your body. And my adults tell me it's better than coffee for waking them up. The students then are ready to go to school and ready to perform for the day. I had a PE teacher in New York City who attended a talk that I gave. and. A year later, he came to me and said, I want you to come back to my school. I'm going to show you something you're not going to believe. And he had taught the entire student body to do Tai Chi in the gym as they were arriving during the day because they arrive at different times. And so he would have it on and everybody would start with the tapping and tapping everywhere on their body, tapping on the thymus gland to strengthen your immune system and the kidneys and up and down your legs and then we always pull on our ears mm. and whoops, my earbud fell out. Hold on. <laughs> pull, on, pull, on my, pull on the ears because all these energy meridians go through your ears. So you really want to stretch your ears too. And then after he had taught everybody this, he had cafeteria duty. So he said, now you're going to come to the cafeteria with me. So I went to the cafeteria 
And everybody walked in. I don't know if you've ever been in a school cafeteria, but it's it's always got tile and it's always noisy because, you know, 300 kids talking is a lot of noise. And it's like not the bit nicest place to sit and enjoy a meal. But he, <laughs> he, he had all the kids walk in and sit down. And then he said to me, okay, you get up on the table. We do Tai Chi before lunch every single day. So I stood up on the table and he put on the CD and we all started tapping and playing with energy balls and all the things that we do. And here in New York City was total silence with these 300 kids in the cafeteria. I couldn't believe it. And when it was over, they could eat. And they even had a quieter atmosphere for eating. I think they might have even chewed their food a few times, you know? (laughs) It was absolutely wonderful. And so I've learned through my work to never say never. You never know where it's going to go. You inspire one person that he could teach the entire student body and they could do it every day. Mm And he did it and he's still doing it eight years later. So wow, it's really great. I was in a school the other day and this teacher's walking along. He said, you don't remember me, but I attended a talk you gave five years ago. I want you to know Tai Chi for kids is the best tool I have for the kids I work with. Mm. So, you know, you keep planting seeds and they keep growing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I totally so agree So I hope you, everybody Charlie. will start tapping and waking up their energy. Oh, I love that tapping. I love the pulling on the ears, actually. I love- <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just don't wear earbuds when you do it. <laughs> well, Carrie, I just want to let you know, uh, Glenn has disappeared for a moment there. So uh, I just want to honor your time because uh, I, I do know you have an appointment. So we may have to close the show without him at this point. Um And I would like to thank on behalf of Dr. Glenn Woolman and myself and the Yoga Hub team uh, for all the wonderful gifts that you are spreading like seeds all around this planet. I think it's just magnificent, the work that you are doing. Thank you so much, Christine. It was really fun to be here with you and and Glenn and all the people who are listening. (laughs) And I hope some people will be inspired to do Tai Chi. Oh, I think I think you've inspired a lot. <laughs> we'll make sure of that. Okay. <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you. And thank you, of course, to Govia Smith and the Yoga Hub team for making this all possible. And to each and every one of you for joining us in this new platform of education and information. We're always grateful for your continuous support, and we look forward to hearing your feedback on how we can serve you better. We invite you to join us live on Tuesdays for Magical Medical Tour at 10.30 a.m. Pacific, 1.30 p.m. Eastern, Wednesdays for Trinity of Life at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, followed every other week with Flowing into Awareness with Anatara. Um, I'd like to also remind you that you can connect with Dr. Glenn Woolman by following him on Twitter, at Glenn Woolman, and of course through his own site, glennwoolman.com, where I encourage you to learn about his metaphor square breath. And again, we would so like to thank and on, we are honored by Carrie Sherman and the work that she does around the planet. Uh, please connect with her through her website, TaiChiForKids.com. Again, we're always grateful for any feedback and comments that you might have and suggestions of what uh, and who you might like us to interview. Please give us a call at 818-LET'S-TALK. 818-LET'S-TALK. Until next time, namaste.
that was easy. So there you go. We did lose Glenn. I don't, I don't, he's completely. I'm on the phone. Oh, you're on the phone. Oh, hi, Glenn. Hello. (laughs) Well, thank you very much. I love doing it. I love getting to know you. Yes. And we'll do something else one day. uh, Yes, absolutely. I will be, uh, I will be in touch right after this. I know you have an appointment, Carrie, as well. We want to honor that. But thank you so much. I think it's this. YHTV's Trinity of Life. Come join me, Christina Suzama, as I journey to find the many modalities that support individuals, from children to adults to elders, with topics ranging from health and wellness, meditation, and inspirational stories. I invite you to visit yogahub.tv every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern.